It's the Blue Vote Cafe, a little bit wonkish, a whole lot of fun. Well, although I think this episode's going to be uh, a little bit more serious than a lot of them have been in the past. I'm David Schellenberg, along with Rachel Wigster in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Hello, Rachel. Hi, David. How are you? Pretty good. It's a beautiful, sunny August morning in Canada. Well, yes, it is. But we do have confirmation that a tornado touched down in Ottawa yesterday. Yes, which is interesting because we've now had several tornadoes over the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, our part of the world is is gets tornadoes and this is nothing new but wow there seems to be a lot more of them than there used to be oh there sure are i mean i i'm not sure i even knew of one in all my years in ottawa until last uh maybe four years ago right uh yeah. interesting episode today but before we get into it a little bit of a reminder to vote from abroad Yes, yes, we can't emphasize that enough. If you are living outside the country and you or a parent were born in the U.S., you should go to votefromabroad.org every year and request your ballot. Um, It doesn't matter if you've registered elsewhere. We strongly, strongly urge you to use VFA, not registering, but instead of registering with your local election officer. And if you want a reminder for all the reasons why, go find our episode with Heidi Birch, the coordinator of Vote From Abroad. And the other reason to do it is that we have, if you're listening to this episode not too long after we've recorded it, there are elections coming up very soon in Ohio, Kentucky, Virginia, New Jersey, Mississippi, and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yes, it's 2023. It's not a presidential election year. Nevertheless, there are state elections and you should be participating. And a big part of, of the realization, I think that a lot of us have to get into our heads, is it is more than just the presidential election. There are so many elections going on and it is important to be a part of every single one of them um, because so much happens in at the state level. And if you don't participate in the state level elections, then you know, you're really missing out on a lot of big policy changes. You are doing a little teaser for our next episode. Oh, who's with us today, Rachel? <laughs> oh, we'll leave that as a mystery. <laughs> today, <laughs> today, we have asked America Garcia Graywall back to the pod. We talked to her last when she was in Fiji, and she's now somewhere else entirely and uh, has, has a lot to tell us. America, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So tell us where you are and what what is going on there. Well, I'm in my hometown of Eagle Pass, Texas, went to elementary, middle school, high school, went to junior college here, but we don't have a four-year institution, so I had to go away to college, and I never came back. I mean, that's an exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Happened to a lot of us. (laughs) Yes, I'm not alone. (laughs) um, I I came back um, in August, uh, mid-July of 2022. I went to San Antonio. My mom was in the um, hospital for surgery, and then I followed her back to Eagle Pass um, during her rehab. And then um, I, I've been, you know, here in Canada and Vancouver and um, Mexico and Ireland and a number of places in the last um, 12 months. But um, while my mom's recovering and going into another surgery um, later this year, I've been using Eagle Pass as a home base. And so I've reconnected with, you know, folks that I went to high school with, um, the local Democratic Party um, and uh, my Rotary Club, you know, the, the things that you do when you're um, a place that you're from. Right. And um, one of the things that I noticed was that um, life on the border is different than when I grew up. Hmm. Yeah. So paint us well, a little bit of a picture. Where Where is Eagle Pass in Texas? Okay. Eagle Pass is a border town in Texas. We're located on the Rio Grande River. We're directly across from the much larger city of Piedras Negras, Coahuila. So we are 38,000 people in the last census, and Piedras Negras, I think, is about 300,000 people. Wow. So, 
Yeah. Um, for example, we have an HB grocery store. Yay, Texas. Um, <laughs> well, right across the border, much... they have a Days Inn and a Holiday Inn and a Marriott. Like it's, yeah, you're, and, it's a... an even larger HEB. You know, and, and there are items. Um, if I want to go for, uh, you know, certain grains and things like that, that are, you know, exotic grains, mm-hmm. I can actually find them easier in Mexico than I can in Eagle Pass because we're such a small town and, um, it's an economically disadvantaged town as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, there's people are just trying to keep their head above water to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, there's a lot of brain drain. A lot of our young have left um, Eagle Pass. Um, they may have stayed in Texas, but they're no longer here. So um, out of a graduating class of 500, I've only been able to make contact with a handful of people who are still in town. Right. Mm. So tell us about the differences that you noticed when you returned. Well, some of them I was aware of already. So, for example, after September 11th, um, the the port of entry just shut down entirely. Oh. Nobody could go in or out. Yeah. Yeah. And when things reopened, in order to cross the border, you had to have your passport. And you're probably seeing this in Canada. It's something like, oh, yeah, that happened long ago. Absolutely. Um, well, 9-11, yeah. It used to be a driver's license was enough to cross the border. Yeah, and, or just mm-hmm. a good excuse, yeah. I think. Let us. <laughs> and they would wave you back and forth. Like, if you hadn't crossed, I had a funny experience in Vermont where we had to use the bathroom and they were like oh just drive in use it over there and then come back and we'll check you through yeah oh yeah there, there was a place in uh south of winnipeg that uh, we would cross the border to go for steaks in the united states and and when you would come back you would say they would say the canadians say well where, what were you doing you say well we went to jack's for steaks so they go all right we'll come oh, on yeah. home did you have it rare <laughs> yeah. well then you know what it's like living yeah. here so i mean it, it's um it was a little bit more complicated than going across town, but it was still like going across town. Yeah. Um, when I came back, um, and because I came in from outside of Fiji, uh, from, from Fiji, I didn't have health insurance, but there's a great big booming town steps away. And there is a medical district that has spread, uh, jumped up, spread out. Oh goodness. That has grown up <laughs> just right across from the international bridge. Um, and, and so I can, um, I can stop in Eagle Pass in our dying business district, walk across the bridge, um, which is, you know, the length of a football field. And, you know, I, I can take my pick of, you know, dentists and um, chiropractors wow. and physical therapists and wow. orthopedics and um, pediatricians and uh, pharmacies, so many pharmacies, um, all right there, right around the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I started doing that. Um, and, and so every time, you know, I needed something or I need to pick up, um, antibiotics or, you know, all these different things, I'm crossing the bridge. And, um, one of the things that I, I first noticed was the concertina wire on the bridge itself. Uh-oh. Um, so we, now we the have story this, takes uh, a very statue. dramatic turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this, this, uh, statue, you know, of friendship, you know, symbolizing the friendship between our two countries and in front of it, it had, um, concrete barriers and then, um, poles in the barriers with concertina wires strung across them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, wow. So I, I, in my Instagram feed, you've actually got a picture of this eagle with the barbed wire in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is at the midpoint where um, the, the U.S. ends and Mexico begins, there are now gates that can swing shut. It used to be the bridge was absolutely, totally, completely open. Now there are gates. And something I've also learned is apparently there are drills on a semi-regular basis where um, the United States like 
It's like, okay, go. And they practice shutting the gate and then putting these concrete barriers in place. So even if someone tried to ram the gate, they wouldn't be able to come onto the United States. Oh and I'm just like, what? Like, like mm-hmm. what on earth is going on here? Um, just, um, just for so those who do know, because I had to look it up, what concertina wire is... It's that round wire that you see like on t- on tops of fences and stuff with a whole bunch of little razor blade things stuck in. Like it's it's nasty. Yeah. And it's called concertina because it it comes into a coil and then it expands out um and and it expands and contracts and expands and contracts relatively easy. So it's it's popular with, you know, military installments yeah. because it can be very quickly installed. Mm-hmm. Um it is worse than barbed wire. Um and it has razor blades. Um I'm jumping ahead of myself in the story here, but um at the city council meeting this week, um one of the speakers wanted to present a one foot long piece of concertina wire to the mayor. And as she approached the mayor, she had law enforcement from both sides coming like, we'll take that. And they would not let her go past the podium with the concertina wire in hand. Um, Yeah. And then afterwards, um, I was in the lobby and I watched one of the city employees walking through the, um, the metal detector trying to figure out how did this get in mm-hmm. and security said yeah security said that there were so many cameras and so many things coming in that you know when it went off they're like oh it's fine you know like they didn't see any like a weapon or anything on her right. and so she was waved through but um yeah so this concertina wire is bad news not allowed in city buildings and yet we have seven miles of it oh wow god wow seven miles of it that have been installed on the u.s mexico border now some of it was installed by the federal government on the bridge but much much more of it has been installed well dps um claimed seven miles of it so i'm not sure how much the customs and border patrol did on the international bridges but along the riverbank dps says that um they put significant um, power, um, uh, people hours, and money into installing the seven miles of concertina wire. What does DPS stand for? Uh, DPS is Department of Public Safety. It's the Texas. So that actually brings me to the next thing. Okay. Um, so we've got um, the city of Eagle Pass that owns the bridge and charges a toll for you to go across. But you have combined Customs and Border, border Patrol that uh, manages the entry into the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they have responsibility, jurisdiction over it. Um, in March of 2021, Governor Greg Abbott uh, declared an emergency and um, launched Operation Lone Star. Um, and he's taken every officer that he has control over and he sent them to the border. So... Uh, for example, when my family came down to stay here at Christmas time, um, hotel rates in Eagle Pass were as high as six hundred dollars for yeah. a king size room wow. per night, wow. and a similar room in Piedras Negras, Mexico, was running about seventy five U.S. dollars. Right. So, and right. it, it's the, just the pressure of all of these officers being deployed to the border. Um, your tax dollars at work, mm-hmm. except that. The officers have these temporary duty assignments that take them away from their family, and they're miserable. And what they're doing is really impacting their mental health. Um, Border Patrol in 2022 had their highest rate of suicides that they'd ever had. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is not something that anybody's happy with. Um, And and to be honest, I'm not happy with this. You know, I, I would love not to be telling you about this because it's not here, but the things that I saw and the things that I've learned about 
I cannot unsee them and I cannot be quiet. Right. So back to the story. So yeah, you, <laughs> you saw yeah. the wire stretched across and, and then what did you do? Yeah. So going across Berbers, all the Constantina wire, things are different here. Um, you know, life goes on and we're hearing about, uh, last year there were 800, um, um, asylum seekers, uh, immigrants. Um, I can't say that every one of them was an asylum seeker, mm -hmm. but, um, Customs and Border Patrol reported for the last fiscal year that over 800 people died trying to enter the United States. Right. Um, not all of them were drownings. Some of them were people who were trapped in um, tractor trailers that yeah. were abandoned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there were car accidents, heavily overloaded vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was a car accident with eight people that were killed um, in a single accident that rolled. Um, wow. So it's not entirely the river. But there were a lot in the river. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about this last night. My mom goes, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not an immigration specialist. I don't have the answer. But I know we don't need this. This is wrong. This this is not right. Mm -hmm. um, so um, going back to the river, um, I was actually in Ireland visiting my sister. And I got a message from um, one of the young Democrats, and she says, like, hey, there's going to be a protest at Shelby Park, um, which is the city park that's right there on the river. Can you come? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in Eagle Pass. You know, I'm yeah. very much not in Eagle Pass. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's like, okay. Um, and, you know, goes on. And I forward the message to a couple of folks, my little clicktivism. Um, and, um, yeah. July 7th, I'm driving in town and I'm like, oh, I wonder how their protest went. And um, I I look at her story and I'm like, wait, what? As this group, Eagle Pass Border Pro Coalition, was protesting um, the announcement of um, a river buoy wall in the middle of the Rio Grande, the buoys started arriving. Oh. We had thought that they would go through, um, you know, the environmental impact assessments. We had thought that they would, um, you know, tell us about liability. You know, if um, they crash into the bridge, this is what's going to happen. You know, right. this is our flood contingency plan. This is um, uh, Parks and Wildlife requires a 30-day um, uh, comment period if anything's going to happen. Um, I think there's 41 different federal regulations mm -hmm. that have to be abided by before there's any construction in the bridge. Um, we have, um, so I'm sorry, It's I think there's 41 international treaties. Um, hmm. I, I don't remember the number of international regulations, uh, sorry, EPA regulations that you have to do there in the river. And, and so when this was announced in June, it's kind of like, okay, well, he can say he wants to do it, but he'll, it'll never happen right. because there's so much that has to happen, you know, in terms of bureaucracy that, you know, like great pictures, you know, ha ha ha, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the other thing too is like, it's, it's, ridiculous the river is not that deep in so many places and you're going to put these you know great big plastic balls in the middle of the river and they're sitting on the riverbed mm -hmm. but again i'm jumping ahead of myself right, <laughs> so, right, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm driving back into town I see your Instagram story and we actually go to um, a bluff over the river. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, half a mile from where the um, first international bridge is. And I look down and I realize that they've taken a bulldozer blade and they have just scraped the entire riverbank. Oh. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I sent you some of these photos in here. Um, um, 
I, I was just like, how can they do that? Like, like you can't do this. You, you right. know, like, I, I know I'm seeing that you did it, but legally you can't do that. You, you have to have so many permissions and, you know, so many different things. How could they do that? And um, there's a series of small um, islands all through the river. And apparently they've gotten the heavy equipment onto those and they've scraped those as well, saying that um, people were hiding in them. And so it was necessary. So the islands are gone. Um, um, They're scraped down. They're just barely above um, the Uh, water level now. Yeah. So, yeah. And and any animals that were nesting there, any birds Mm -hmm. that were landing there, um, any turtles that had nests there, it's all gone. Yeah. So, um, well, we, um, uh, one of the retired teachers here has a business, uh, Epi's Canoe and Kayak, and um, you know he wanted to spend every day of retirement on the river, and he can't anymore. One of the things they've done is they've installed um, great big chain link doors, um, are two point five meters tall, and then rows of wire above them at the city boat ramp, the only public access boat ramp, and he couldn't go down there. Like they, they effectively took his business out of business right there. Um, So he filed a lawsuit saying like, Hey, you can't do this. I'm a small business owner. Like someone's got to speak up for this. And Oh, by the way, look at what they've done to the islands. Look at what they've done to the riverbank. Yeah. They're they're like digging up the riverbed itself. Um, We filed a uh, petition on change.org. We had a call script, Um, you know, media advisories were being put out by EP border coalition, but also by the Laredo no walls group as well. So um, they had successfully fought to keep Trump's border wall off their land um, saying like, no, you're cutting us off in the land. You you know, like eminent domain is great, but we live here. Mm -hmm. Some of the original plans in Laredo had the border wall going through homes. They would separate people from their livestock and their, um, yeah. Yeah. So um, EP um, Border Coalition got um, some help from the Laredo No Walls Group. And um, we had a city councilwoman from Laredo, a landowner who'd been affected by the walls, um, you know, come up and say, like, hey, this stuff's not cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very much That's an not understatement. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, Jesse Fuentes at Peace Canoe and Kayak filed um, an emergency injunction, but it wasn't heard for a week. Oh. And um, actually, I think I think it was longer than a week. I feel like it was two or even three weeks. And the state of Texas been, began installing the buoys. Um, so these. Um, so this is early July. This is. Uh, yeah, we're getting into the end of July there. End of July. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it is a uh, basically a working concept here. Um, it's a thousand feet of these buoys. They're each about four feet um, in diameter. They're round, mm-hmm. and they have a heavy cable that runs through them. And um, the the media illustrations show them continuous. You know, nine hundred miles of the river, um, and they also show a net underneath them, and show that they're anchored into the riverbed. Um, well. There were so many people saying, we want to see the buoys, we want to see the buoys. The, the buoys were installed off of private property, and um, the the um, Heavenly Farms, that was very much unwilling in all of this, and were told, you know, it's a disaster declaration, we're taking your land. Um, oh. Yeah, so they would allow um, people onto their land as far as the chain link fence had been installed, but then... Um, people could not go any further down to see the actual buoys. So um, 
Jesse Fuentes from uh, Epi's Canoe and Kayak um, organized a river tour for the 1st of August. Oh. And um, yeah. Uh, and, and I was supposed to be driving my mom to San Antonio for appointments. Um, and then my dad's like, oh, I'm going to go. Um, uh, so like I immediately turned around like, guys, I'm here. I want to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, I wanted to see for myself, you know. Yeah. Um, but but also, you know, my dad had a canoe and, and I remember like we used to get in um, a, a few miles up river from the first bridge and we used to just glide down the river mm-hmm. and it was so peaceful and so beautiful. And I took that love with me, you know, to um, the Appalachian Mountains and I got to kayak on lakes there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got to mm-hmm. kayak a lot when I was in Fiji, you know, I've done whitewater rafting, um, in, in North Carolina and Tennessee. Like I love the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I was like, if there's a space, please let me on it, you know? Um, and I found out about 10 PM the night before that I had a space. We just need you to take pictures. I'm like, done. I can do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so there were 19 um, kayaks and two canoes and into the water. I think our group was 26 people all told. Right. And we um, show up. And the first thing I realize is like, whoa, this is a war zone. I mean, there were signs that said law enforcement only. And I need to tell you, this is a city park. Okay. This is, you know, downtown Eagle Pass, where it joins with our sister city of Piedras Negras. This is the only public boat ramp that we have in the entire city. And we have a big old sign that says law enforcement only. And then the base of the ramp has um, two great big swinging gates, you know, about 2.5 meters tall with concertina wire across the top of them. Mm -hmm. And the sides of the ramp have concertina wire going down. When we took our group photo before we got on the water, you're trying to, you know, arrange 26 people and everything. And the photographer's like, a little to the right, please. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something else. Wow. Um, so with, you know, lots of approvals and everything, I had to have a letter that I carried just to park there. Um, it, actually, that wasn't checked. They, they told, be sure you have this. Um, you may be asked for it when you get there. Um, I, I wasn't asked, but I had it just in case. Um and then, you know, we all, you know, come down, we are issued our kayaks and our life vests. And, you know, I've got my backpack with the water and the energy right. bar, and I've got my phone in the plastic sleeve. Like I've got all this gear on me and everything else. And, um, we came down in the water. And, and, and who again, was in the group, the group of, was it all Democrats or politicians or who um, was in this? No, it was, um, people who'd expressed an interest in seeing it. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I quickly found out that there were a, just a tiny number from Eagle Pass specifically, nearly the entire group were reporters. Ah. Um, we ah. also had uh, state representative Vicki Goodwin. Um, I believe her district is in Austin mm-hmm. and, um, we had some staff from the, uh, Rio Grande study center. Um, we had a lawyer from the ACLU. Oh, goodness, who else did we have? Um, I'd have to look at the entire list to, to tell you all the folks. That but we had international picture, media. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we had, uh, I believe, both Univision and Telemundo um, had reporters there on site. Um, so it was um, very media heavy. There, there were so many cameras there. Mm-hmm. So, And um, I, I also need to say, like, 
my husband's in New York. My son's in Canada. My parents were on the road. We have no internet access, no cell phone access between San Antonio and Eagle Pass because it's very desolate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm getting on the on the river. I've got my passport like tucked in physically on my body. I was going to ask body. if you had your passport yes. with you. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> and, and they told us like, you know, do not get onto the Mexican side of the river. Do not touch the buoys. You know, do not engage with anybody that you see. All this kind of stuff. So I'm like, you know, hands and knees inside at all times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, really listening to the rules that they've given us. But some of the folks, and of course, I mean, they're, they're media, they're passing, flashing press badges, and um, they're there on fact-finding missions for their offices and stuff like that. They, like, fully engaged in the experience. And so I watched and I listened to what they did. But, um, yeah, I, I was not as bold um, as some of the folks that were there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we got onto the water. I'm in the water. I look back, and I'm just like, this is... I, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I mean, it was, um, there were so many rolls of wire. Each of those rolls of wire is like $250. And I'm like, we don't have high speed internet, you know, mm-hmm. throughout all of Maverick County. Mm-hmm. You know, we have rural roads that need to be repaved. We have, you know, healthcare. Um, I, I talked to a nurse and she said, Eagle Pass is one of the sickest places in Texas. People don't go in for routine healthcare. And so when you have problems, they're really bad mm, right. and you don't have the specialists here, you know? And so mm. I, I'm looking at all this stuff and this is just, this is just the bulldozing, the fence, the concertina wire. This mm-hmm. is not even the buoy wall. And I'm just like, what a waste. Or the people, um, the, the guards and the, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and then there's this whiplash because you're, you're looking from the water at Shelby Park and this, you know, huge buildup of all these government vehicles, these high powered boats and, you know, everything else. Um, we have containers, uh, shipping containers lining the riverbanks with concertina wire above them and at their base. Um, and you turn around and Piedras Negras has taken that same area and they have a park up, El Paseo del Rio oh. and they have beautiful murals and they have the biggest flag in North America flying Mm -hmm. over it Mm -hmm. and they have selfie spots and there's trees overlooking the water with fishermen there just lazily casting out into the water and I I, it was just the contrast uh, the contrast just was the absolute contrast and I'm like how can this be happening at the same time how is this a quote-unquote problem for us and not for them Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels like this autoimmune disease, you, you know, one person gets a whiff of pollen and, you know, they just immediately convulse and they can't function at all. And the other one's like, oh, we've got some pollen today. You know, you know it's like just the, the, the contrast and the way the two countries have responded is, is absolutely incredible. And um, to our detriment, you, you know, we have lost access to our park and to this riverbed and to this experience. It's this beautiful quality of life. But it's all built on a foundation of of um, what I'm looking for the right word, but it's all in defiance of all the regulations you mentioned and the fact that patrolling the border is not a state responsibility, but a federal responsibility. It's not a city responsibility. It's not a state responsibility. It is a federal responsibility. So what are the implications there? I mean, I. I, I, (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, is that. our governor is saying like, oh, I just want to enforce the laws that are on the book. And I'm like, no, you don't, because you ignored 
all of these, mm-hmm. every one of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that we're talking about right to life. You know, I saw mothers carrying children, you know, here and, and I'm like, you know, I wrapped my own kid in bubble wrap when he was this age, you know, how horrific must be what they're fleeing that they would be willing to to risk this wall of razor wire and you know all of these men you know carrying weapons i might add you know but like what's behind them that they're willing to go forward with their babe in arms right you know so as you were floating down the river you you saw people trying to to come into the united states we did. Um, so Eagle Pass has two international bridges, and in between them runs a railroad bridge. We got past the first one, um, and, and there's a park that runs um, on the Mexican side uh, from before the first bridge to after the um, third bridge, the two international the, uh, pedestrian and vehicle uh, traffic for two, and one is the railroad. Um, so they have the park on one side, and then on the U.S. side, we have our city park we have our golf course and then we have the land that's under the bridges which is um not open to the public right um which is now barbed yeah. wire and uh big shipping containers yeah uh the shipping containers have been fronted up to the river um and and one of the concerns that's been raised and has not been answered is you know if the shipping containers were to float off during one of the floods mm-hmm. and damage the bridge um, who is responsible, you know, right. who's going to bear the costs of this. Right. Um, and of course it's all complicated by this concertina wire, you know, nobody wants to go near these things because, um, th- there's, it, it's it dangerous. will cut you up and it's nasty. Yeah. 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 So we get past the first bridge, we get past the railroad bridge. As we come up under the third bridge, we saw, um, a woman with, um, the forearm crutches, mm-hmm. not the ones that go under your arms, but the ones that, that, you know, clasp around your forearm and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to get through, um, she had gotten through two rolls of concertina wire. She'd gotten up the steep bank and she was trying to get past the last two rolls to make it like to the dry land. And there was this group of men just mm-hmm. watching her, mm-hmm. watching her approach. They were standing on top of the um, uh, shipping containers and everything. And uh, of course, um, you know, everyone stops to watch and see what's going on. And the reporters go up and they're like, where did you come from? You know, how right. long have you been traveling? <laughs> you know, things like that. And, um, you know, she answered that she's Venezuelan um, and she's seeking asylum. And I, I think because we were there, um, the officers actually entered through the first row of wires and approached her. Um, and and there's a river current, so, so you have to like actively paddle to stay in one spot. Uh-huh. And um, as I saw them like picking her up, I'm like, okay, like this is done. There's reporters; they'll finish telling her story. Um, and you know, I continued on down the river, um, and. Um, one of the things that I noticed, oh, and this is another interesting moment. Um, so there are rows of wires going um, across the riverbank, you know, horizontally. But then um, every, I don't know, kind of an irregular portions, there's kind of like a, a spool of this wire, like a stretched out slinky going from the top of the riverbank into the water. Mm. And um, one of the reporters, um, I asked about, he's taking pictures and he's like, I specifically asked DPS, was there razor wire in the water? And they told me no. And he's snap, snap, snapping away. Yeah. So um, what we saw as we're going down the river was that people had crossed and they're walking as high up the river bluff as they can. And then when they couldn't find a place to go through, they would actually slip down the riverbank back into the water 
and and sometimes pass the wire and then go around. Oh and um, in in one case, uh, so we would see like strips of cloth on the concertina wire with like you know what looked like blood stains on them and stuff. And um, at, at one point, I watched this one woman hold on to the wire with the cloth covered wire and use that to ease her way down. And I'm just like, man. How slippery is that bank that you're willing to do, to grasp the razor wire with your bare hand, mm-hmm. you know, like, like how uncertain is your footing? And, and um, yeah, it was uh, the guilt here. You know, we're sitting in these kayaks. We've got a beautiful day, lovely breeze coming off, sun blocked up, um, drifting back. down the river, passport yeah. Yeah, taped yeah. to my body. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they are visibly struggling to climb up this bank and then you know like just just the feet on their face like okay we'll try again we'll try again so how many can you give us a rough guess at how many people you saw during your time on the river that that day uh i would say maybe 20 people Mm -hmm. or so um i i I did not see more than 30 people that day Mm -hmm. and um i I probably saw more women and children than i saw men and you know i I, you hear about like oh um they're led by coyotes and uh they're carrying backpacks filled with drugs and like Mm -hmm. the the, um yeah i mean that's the fear-mongering there um I saw one man with a child on his back and he had toothbrushes and toothpaste in, you know, one mesh pocket and, you know, come up behind another man and he had a baby bottle with milk in it stuffed Mm -hmm. in the side pocket of his backpack. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, you know, you saw like little kids bags with the happy comic prints, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, there's no way a drug dealer is using that bag. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got all that they have left in this world. That was something else that was really surprising it is um, like how little they had. I, I, I don't know about you, but whenever we fly, we max out our international allowance and that's just for two weeks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're not even so... at the, and you're not even at the boys yet. <laughs> yeah. We're not even at the boys yet. We we've just gotten past like the, the um, third bridge, um, it's about a mile down. So this, this is like the mile stretch between where the bridges end and where the boys get to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so again, listening to the reporters, hearing them talk and stuff, um, the, the people that we had seen, they had crossed at dawn, um, or, or soon after, and they were making their way down the river, trying and trying and trying. So, um, I think we got to the boys about 10 ish in the morning, uh, maybe 10 30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was an Island, uh, again, bulldoze flat that, um, our group of 19 kayakers and, uh, two canoes, um, we, we pulled our, our boats up onto the, um, uh, Island and then everybody went to the boys, you know, and, and they're like, stay six feet away. There's mm-hmm. legislation. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, lawsuits pending. Don't touch them. Um, yeah. And, and one of the folks, uh, that was there is like, man, I forgot my spray paint. (laughs) 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 I've got to tag it. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, um, it was, it was interesting. And, and, um, so our, our river guide, he set up, um, um, up river from it and just kind of kept an eye on that one, make sure that nobody slipped in or fell or anything like that. And, um, I was surprised at how small they were because, you know, when you're in the water, 
four feet is a lot. Like it's virtually, you cannot boost your body up that many feet. Mm -hmm. But when these things are sitting on the riverbed, four feet is nothing. And they were just flat on the riverbed. Mm. Um, they had concrete blocks alternating on either side that they're supposed to be anchored to. And the artist rendering showed that there's a mesh fence that's supposed to be underneath it. So you can't swim under or go over. Yeah. But it's sitting like flat, sitting on the riverbed. And um, that wouldn't be any trouble to get over at all. Hmm. But it's only a thousand feet long. You don't have to get over it. You can go around. You just go around it. Yeah. It, it's like the most expensive necklace ever bought. <laughs> oh my God. It's a thousand feet long, you know? It's border um, security theater, and yet it's hurting people. It is theater. People. And it is hurting real people. Yes, right. absolutely. So not just that, it's hurting the river. So um, yeah. there's concrete blocks that it's supposed to be anchored to, and they're staggered on either side of it. And uh, I'm wearing chacos and the sandals come, uh, the, the straps a bit loose. So, you know, I go and put my foot up on the concrete block. I'm not touching the buoys as I was told. I put my foot up on one of the blocks to tighten the strap mm-hmm. and the block just tips over. And oh, I'm God. like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, I didn't do it. So uh, I, I did do it. But, um, <laughs> not on purpose. It was not on purpose. Totally not on purpose. Yeah. But I, I, um, like stagger back, you know, out of surprise and also get my balance and everything. And that entire ground, it's, it's all mushy. It's, um, so where I had been on solid ground and then kind of moved to the side, it just got really mushy. And and what's going on is these things are sitting on the riverbed itself and the currents are digging out, um, underneath the buoys. Um, and and they're creating a faster, kind of like an airplane, how it lifts because it goes faster one area and slower another area. Right. Yeah. effect. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Look at that science. Whoa. (laughs) I think uh, expats, we've flown a lot, right? Well, um, so, so what's happening is that the terrain, the riverbed around the buoys is very mushy and very unstable. And, um, yeah, you're going to go down. Not a question of like when you're going to go down. Um, and yeah, it's kind of funny to see afterwards a picture how many people were wet from head to toe and how many picture were only partially wet. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, uh, one of the uh, uh, reporters lost his phone uh, or the phone was damaged because he went over. So, um, Ah. yeah, I did not, I I lost my footing, but I did not go over. Um, well done. So (laughs) yeah, but, um, they're, they're big, they're round. They have what looks like a table saw blade in between all of them. And yeah. So like the, the spot that you would think like, Oh, let's cross over here. That would just slice you up right down the middle. Um, yeah. And, uh, the concrete blocks were unstable after just 10 days in the water. So I, I shudder to think of what kind of damage they will do to the riverbed if they're there for any length of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were saying this, and, this area floods. So you know, mm-hmm. a flood will take that, will wreck that's, that instantly. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, wow. absolutely. So, um, and and one of the reporters, we get to the thing and he's like, oh, so where's the rest of them? When are they going to finish? We're like, no, this is all of them. Like, this is your Texas tax dollars. And the guy just like lay back on the island. And he's like, oh my God, what a failure, <laughs> you know? Um, because as a political stunt goes, it's stupid. Right. It is ridiculous. But that razor wire, that's just no joke. That yeah. that's just nasty. Right. Yeah. Right. So 
Wow. Uh, so then yeah. what? I mean, you, you <laughs> had this. <laughs> I mean, we know it got yeah. to the city council. So, yeah, well, we, we laughed at the boys and we had another half mile. We got back in. Um, and, and by this time, some folks were like really not having fun. They got ahead of us. And then there were other folks that were still taking pictures and stuff. So our, our group kind of came out in, in dribbles. We all went in together, but coming out, there was a bit of stream. Um, and we got to the put out point. Some people had vehicles down there. So they got there early. They got in their cars and they took off. Um, and then the rest of us, we got there. Um, they had... Um, arranged with the owners of Heavenly Farms uh, for us to take out. And there were Texas Guardsmen there on the site. They had opened a spot in the concertina wire about 20 feet. And so we came up this muddy bank um, and we had, you know, 19 kayaks um, and three canoes, two canoes. um, (laughs) And uh, we're waiting for the outfitter to show up with the truck to start loading everything. And I'm like, I need to ride home, guys. Uh, You know, help. (laughs) Um, and I got it right. That wasn't the problem. Um, well, one of the groups that we had passed earlier on the river and they've been like walking since dawn, you know, starting three miles up river, they come to this break in the, in the wire. Oh, one of the migrant and groups. And they ask us, oh. one of the migrant groups. Yeah. And they ask us, they say, can we come up? And, you know, those of us that were on the boat were like, uh, we, we can't tell you anything like yes or no we can't tell you anything yeah Yeah. and the texas guardsmen they're like are the people still on the river and um one of the fellows with uh, the outfitters is like yeah we still have one boat that's on the river um so the guardsmen leave the wire open and yeah um and so this first group uh, i want to say about eight people simply walked ashore and they're like hi we're here like wow take us in and the guardsmen are like we don't do that. We're not border patrol, you know? So they're just standing there oh kind of like, what do we do? And, and we're kind of looking at them like, what do we do? <laughs> you know? <No>. And um, <laughs> yeah. So one of the reporters, you know, ran over them and they were asking all kinds of questions. When did you start? Where did you go? Where are you from? They were from Rodonas, everything else. Um, and uh, I, I stopped filming. I'm like, I think this is the end of it. The outfitter rolls up um, and they start loading the truck and, um, they they close the concertina wire um like all the boats are counted far everything else um and, and so one of the guardsmen goes and he pulls it across it opens and closes you know and concertina um and a second group of people show up and they're looking at the people that they've been traveling with you know standing on land like hey let oh. us in oh no yeah mm-hmm. and the guardsmen go and they start pounding a a post into place mm-hmm. and um a third group of people show up and, and this one is almost entirely women and children. There was a man there who was on two crutches and he had scarring on his face. Mm. Um, the, the man that had the child strapped to his uh, body, he's got another child by the hand. Um, and he goes, that's my son. Mm. And like, like we all look like a tennis match, you know, at the group on land. And there's a little boy in a blue shirt riding on the shoulders of this younger man, you know, very fit. Oh, um, yeah. So, so this father who's physically carrying, you know, one child and holding the other with his wife trailing behind the oldest child was on the shoulders of, um, of a man who's ahead of him. And now they are separated by this concertina wire that we saw the Texas guardsmen pull across and, and we're just there looking and, and the kids like daddy, you know, oh. the dad's like, that's my son. And it, these guys, 
they're tired. Like you can see they're tired. You can see where they are bleeding from when that stuff caught them. And I know the stats. 800 people died crying to, trying to cross the border last year, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm just looking at how tired they are and they're sunburned. The kids are splashing water on themselves because it's so hot. Our temperature has been in the 40s forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, if this kid goes back to his father, like their chances of survival have just dropped. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. it, it is the trolley problem. What do you do? You know, there is, there is this wire that we just saw get stretched right in front of us, you know, and we are here. What do we do? You know? Wow. And, 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 you know, you talk about these things in class, you know, and ethical dilemmas and Mm -hmm. everything else, you you know, what are your values? What's important to you? And, and I'm just sitting there like, my God, he's going to die. Like if he goes back over the water, like somebody's going to die. And um, the young man um, who's got the boy on his shoulders, he comes down to the riverbank and he passes this boy to his father. And um, the, the the woman from the Rio Grande study group, um, as this is going on, she's like, oh man, if the ACLU lawyer was here, he would know what to do. And I'm like, call him, call him. Right, so she good. stops filming. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so she calls him, drops a, a GPS location pan as to where we were on the location thing. Um, and, and then another man runs up to the guards and is like, the ACLU lawyer is on their way. You know, I'm filming this entire time. And, and, um, oh my goodness. Oh, it was, it was just, super tense and it's like if i were to do something what do i do yeah, you know how yeah. do i use this decision point here you know to help the most people but also to help this person right here in front of me you know like if there was a child in front of a speeding uh vehicle you'd pull that child to safety well there's this child going back into the river, yeah. you know, how do we pull this kid to safety? And it was, it was horrific. With and, his family. Um, he's with his family. Yes. He, yeah. But no I mean, you want to pull not just the, the child, you want to pull the whole family to safety. Yeah. yeah. So we're all trying to figure out who to call, what to do, how to get some help to them. You know, do we, you know, all of us approach the wire and pull it back? What do we do? Mm-hmm. And one of the guardsmen comes up um, with his, you know, uh, orange clippers and he clips the wire, the clamp holding it together and he pulls it back. And this cheer just goes up wow. from the people who are already on land. And um, I just start sobbing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I didn't have to do it today. <laughs> I didn't have to you know, throw myself in harm's way to save somebody else. Um, but this happens every single day. Yeah. And that was Tuesday, Wednesday, they found the body of a child in the river. Mm. Um, the, the first body was found in the buoys. Um, and I believe the total number of dead found in the river was four, including a child from Honduras, just like the child that we saw pass back to his father on Tuesday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So all this happened before noon. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my god what a day what a story what a day yeah um yeah so we uh regrouped i had a group come back to my house and you know i had them with showers and you know running towels up and down the stairs to get everyone showered up because there was a press conference on the steps of the city hall at 4 30 p.m mm-hmm. and 5 30 p.m um there was a meeting with city council 
the mayor of the city council um, had signed an affidavit for DPS saying that he was the owner of the private property known as Shelby Park and the address was given. And he was authorizing the state of Texas to file criminal trespassing charges against anybody who was caught at Shelby Park. Aha, a city park. Yeah, a city park. Yeah, it's not private property. No, he doesn't know. The it. mayor can't do that. And if he does do that with the approval of the city council, we've got to like meet the Open Meetings Act here in Texas. We've got sunshine laws for a reason. Mm-hmm. So um, the... the um, Issue was put onto the agenda for Tuesday evening. Um, we had over an hour of commentary, um, mostly from people like me, but we had three people, I think DPS and an attorney for the state of Texas um, and the county attorney um, who spoke and said, we need to have this. And all of the rest of the testimony was like, here are all the reasons why it's bad. For example, Operation Lone Star means that we have a lot more DPS in town. Do you know that if you live in a Texas border town, you are, and I don't know the number, but um, multitude of times more likely to be cited for uh, driving violations and you know all these other different kinds of violations. Um, and did you know? And they start giving all these different statistics and everything else. And um, you know, I got up and I'm like, guys, like, I'm ashamed. Like, this is not the way we treat asylum seekers. And um, yeah, it was. Um, it was very heartfelt, um, but there were also a lot of facts and figures that were brought up, and um, the the city council went into executive session. Well, the city council first had their entire meeting, so from 5.30 to 8.30, they oh. had their regular meeting, the <laughs> library <is> report, <laughs> business as usual, yeah, and most of the people who had been in this meeting, we went out to the lobby, and we networked. You know, we walked around like, oh, wow, I was so impressed by what you said. You know, let's talk. And I came home with a stack full of business cards from the Texas Civil Rights Project and the ACLU and, you know, city councilmen in Laredo and newspaper reporters and, you know, all these different people. And they're like, we want to talk to you. And did you know? And in Laredo, this is what we did when Trump tried to bring his wall in and, you know, everything else. So we got three hours of networking. (laughs) And... (laughs) Then they broke for executive council, um, executive session. They were in executive session for one hour. And when they came out, the mayor said, like, things have changed. This is not what I signed up for. We are going to rescind a trespassing affidavit and renegotiate. Good. We're going to confer with our council, the city of Eagle Pass Council, mm-hmm. and notify DPS. So um, incremental win. <laughs> you know, yeah, we got our yeah. park back. Right. But Wednesday morning, um, went to the park and DPS is like, what are you talking about? We don't know anything. You know, like nobody told us. Um, and he went inside, called command and control and they, uh, are like, yeah, yeah, the city did it. So he came out and he's like, do whatever you want, you know? Um, so the, the park is accessible to the town again. The boat ramp is not. Hmm. Um, and then also on Wednesday, we learned that there had been four deaths on the river and, um, the other thing is, um, today is Friday. To date, DPS has not yet had for- formal notification of, you know, the rescinding of the memo. So everybody knows it's international news, but um, it, it's not been written out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, today is August 4th. So mm-hmm. as, oh. of, as of today, the boys are still in the water. 
and yes, and the the the, the wire is all still there, and and we wait and see what happens. Well, yes, we do. Um, Monday night, there is a memorial service um, planned for um, not just the um, one asylum seeker who was caught in the buoy wall, but also for, you know, the, the quite literally thousands of people who've perished um, trying to enter the United States. Um, uh, Jesse is leading another kayak tour on Monday morning. Um and so, so Monday we have the kayak tour, we have the memorial service in the evening, and on Tuesday, Congressman Joaquin Castro is bringing a congressional delegation to Eagle Pass to see for themselves what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've been asked to be part of that um, uh, the, when, when they meet with the local population. Um, I've, I've been part of that group and uh, you know share what I saw and you know what my thoughts are. It's interesting when you talk about how much global travel you do and and as democrats abroad mm-hmm. we we live all around the world by choice we mm-hmm. we say that's a, that's a, a lovely country and i would like to go there and i would like mm-hmm. like to be a part of that community I'd, I'd like to learn things when i go to this country i'd like mm-hmm. to explore new things and then yet our our country the united states just makes it so complicated sometimes hmm. yeah, yeah exactly well, the other thing is, you know, I mean, I've been all over the United States um, in the last 12 months and everywhere you go, there's help wanted signs, you know, yeah. Yeah, like people want someone to work and we've got people who are quite literally dying for the chance to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you've been in, you know, Asia, if you've been even in um, Europe, you know, the population density is so different from what it is in the United States, mm-hmm. you know. We have the space, we have the resources, we have an aging population, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's welcome these folks with open arms because again, they're asylum seekers. You know, the, the folks that we passed for Venezuelan and Honduran, um, you know, we have said we are taking asylum seekers from these countries, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yet we're greeting asylum seekers with Constantina wire and armed men, not just armed men. Um, if you look at my photos, you'll see that the guardsmen are there and they have hats pulled down over their eyes. They've got gators pulled up to their noses and they do not have name tags on there. You know? Mm, wow. Yeah. 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 So well, I think we're going to try to, f- we'll figure out a way to make some of your photos accessible to people. We'll put a link in the description mm-hmm. of the episode once we figure out how to do that. But um, yeah. is there something concrete we can ask people to do? Yes. Call your congressman, call your governor, call every single person that you have and say, we've got to have border security without cruelty. So, and I don't care whose fault it is. Like, I, I don't care if it's Texas. I don't care if it's aliens from outer space. I don't care if it's the federal government. Like, I don't care. Like, like really, you guys figure that out and you can figure that out 10 years from now. Okay. Fix this now. Get this wire off of our river, you know? Because yeah. this is not the way that we treat people. And we talked about climate change at the very beginning and how hot it is and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Fiji for the last eight years. I said goodbye to so many people who were emigrating because our island home was becoming unlivable. You know, mm-hmm. we're just having, um, I mean, twice I've lived through the strongest storm to ever hit landfall. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the first time you're like, oh, wow, what's a lifetime experience? And five years later, you're like, wait a second. No, no, no. I, I already had my once in a lifetime. lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all good. You know, it's my next life that's supposed to be getting this order here, you know, but 
what we're seeing here, and it seems like it's overwhelming, but it's the first trickles of what is going to be the largest migration that humanity has ever known. Yes. And we're trying to address it with World War II era immigration uh, laws and, and policies and procedures and stuff. No, no, like things are different now. And, you know, if we care about humanity, if we care about what it means to be a living, breathing person. If any person ever says anything about right to life, you need to be concerned about how we're treating the people, the asylum seekers who are coming to our southern border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I'll add, if there's one thing every single one of us can do, it's to vote. Yes. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So today I'm going to ask you to call your elected officials <laughs> and <laughs> I'm also going to ask you to tell somebody yeah. about this story yeah. and together do something about it. And what you do might be as simple as holding a video camera. You know, mm-hmm. what you do might be as simple as sending a letter. It might just be telling two or three other people, mm-hmm. but, but we're past the point where voting is enough. We've got to vote. We've got to organize because, um, I think what's happening here in my tiny hometown, 28,000 people, 38,000 people, sorry, 38,000 people, um, <laughs> is they're saying, will anybody notice? Mm. And if nobody notices, if nobody complains, if we don't raise the hue and cry and sound the alarm, we're like, okay, seven miles done. Let's go work on the other 900. Right. So right. we have to stop it now. Right. Wow. That's a powerful message. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here to tell us about it. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking and yeah, and people need to know and we need and as you say, we need to protest. Right. We need to make sure people know what's happening. And strength to you and your family and the town. <laughs> yes. it, it was really disturbing this morning. I had a um, Facebook message. I've got a bunch of folks that I went to high school with and we were in this one Facebook chat. And uh, one person said, like, hey, I saw that you were on the river. What did you see? Mm. And so I shared with them, you know, some of the images and a very succinct version of what I saw. And um, I thought, well, and and to be fair, there were multiple people in this chat. It wasn't that it was, you know, just one that uh, everybody in the chat was saying this. But um, one of the... Um, one of the chat members goes, um, I prefer the buoys. I'm tired of all these illegals coming into the United States and trying to become citizens only to use U.S. taxpayer monies for their benefits. Okay, mm. Keep in mind, this is somebody who was born in another country. <laughs> you know? mm. Wow. And I'm just like, wow. You know, it's like, I'm pro Abbott. <laughs> uh, this is the, the message. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be better if they could have stayed in their own country. Um, and, and I'm like, I just witnessed the most macabre posada of all time. You know, mm. the the father and the child and the mother would walk up the steep riverbank, realize they couldn't get through, and slip and fall down the water, and then go do it again and do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, I, I'm telling them, I'm looking at these kids in their arms and realizing they're putting their kids in harm's way. What are they fleeing? You know, and my classmate goes, you know, um, it's your money, my money that they're taking away, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, wow. Um, and, and then, um, you know, it's just like, um, I'm out of here, you know, I have to go to work. Um, so there's no, there's no conversation, you know, but, um, it, it was just 
this argument of like um, they should come in with the proper documentations instead of trying to come in illegally, you know, and all those things. It's like, yes, I agree. I 100% totally agree. But if you stay where you are and you face certain death, then isn't the chance, even how small it is, isn't that better than death? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the people that I saw were asylum seekers. The U.S. government has said, man, you're in a bad spot. Yeah, come in. We're going to listen to you. Right. That's the entire history of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's so. what you said. It's the, it's the cruelty. Right. Security mm-hmm. without cruelty is definitely yeah. what we need. Okay. All right. We all have assignments now. Time to go. Yes, you do. Time to go get. Time to go to work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Well, America, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, I, I I love talking to you anyway, but I'm I'm really thank you for giving me the chance to share my story and um to get the word out. You know, like as I'm sitting there videotaping this boy being passed back against the razor wire, you know, I'm like, what can I do? How do I make this moment resonate with somebody besides just me? Mm-hmm. And you give me you know, that very first opportunity to do so. And I, I thank you for that. Of course. And that is something else other people can do. They can share the link to the episode. And start the discussion. Yeah. And we'll come back to you for an update. Keep us posted on what happens next. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks. I'm Rachel Oyster with David Schellenberg in Ottawa, Canada. Thank you for listening to Democrats Abroad, the Blue Vote Cafe. Mm-hmm.